All right, welcome to the podcast. This is uh, the landscape mode for the week of October 11th. Um, we're sitting here with uh, Ike, who most recently was just globetrotting, not quite globetrotting, flying around the country to attend all the conferences that just are happening everywhere this time of year. So we thought we'd sit down, have a quick recap of uh, what he was hearing, what people were talking about. Thank I, you, Justin. I have no idea. So inform me, Ike. So this is Ike Lorenzo, one of your co-hosts. I, um, I was tasked by my company to go uh, and speak at uh, two of the major uh, IT conferences that are coming. Interesting thing is that just we're going to talk about the focus of mobile at these conferences, or I think Justin is going to interrogate me about this. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see what... I, we kind of know what people are talking about, although I'd like to hear what new things that maybe weren't expected, but I want to hear the difference between... Uh, the two conferences with slightly different audience and how that formed the message and the questions that people were asking. So Interop, which is held in New York every year, it's been held there for like 40 years. This is where Ethernet was announced. This is just, it's the oldest, geekiest, hardwareiest, like nerdiest conference. And there's actually, it's very strange, there's a lot of mobile there. Mobile ways to control these devices, mobile ways to secure the devices. So, because it's an, uh, more, it's been around for a long time. It's more traditional, less trendy. It's very traditional. Like a lot of the people have Blackberries. Yeah. And well, there's it, a difference between traditional and just behind. Okay. The curve. Yeah. It had. <laughs> yes. It was. It was old school in that the people who've been going there for a long time, their industries, which are traditional hardware focused or. Uh, you know, like the sh- the people who attended the conference are big Fortune one thousand companies that went there back in the day to buy cables for their IT department. Now they're there to quote unquote buy mobile, right? And other stuff. So software is getting into something that's been traditionally hardware. Yes, and, and hardware. Still, there was a lot of mobile hardware, lot of hardware there. Yeah. And there, the most interesting thing were the number of so called MDMs. Yeah. These are mobile device, for our audience, mobile device management companies. It's the new acronym now that we've used BYOD as much as we possibly can. We have to move on to what happens when people bring their own device to work. Well, you have to manage that. So every enterprise is looking for an MDM solution. Yeah, it's, it's like, and they write it BYOD, MDM. So these MDM companies are just totally frightening. I went there, uh, you know, I turn, sometimes when you're walking around the show floor, your badge can flip over by accident, so no one knows who you are, so I flipped over my badge, so they did not know I worked for a mobile company, Right. and I went up there, and I'm like, oh, hey, you guys, wow, MDM, it's so great, um, can you tell me, like, what it is? Right. And they say, well, it's so that corporations can control what's on the cell phone. Now, if you think about BYOD, bring your own device and your company controlling what's on your cell phone. It's a little strange. Yeah, this there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And the right way is having, in my opinion, the right way is having your own apps, having those on people's phones. And so if I want to use my work app, if I want to do work, I can do work on it. And at the same time, my personal stuff is completely separate from that. Yes, and which is the intent of most of these MDM companies, I'll talk about one in particular who I will not name here because I'm going to portray them in a very bad light, but they're typical of this new generation of semi-startup 
there's maybe a dozen of them, MDM companies, they claim to do something called containerization, which sounds wonderful. It's like you're putting that app inside like a Tupperware container and you're sealing it and nothing bad can happen, can, can't get in or out of the Tupperware. Right. And so say the app is like corporate expenses. They claim to be able to install something at the root of your iPhone or at the root of your Android phone. They claim that they have agreements with Apple and with Google to have a way to get into the very base level of the operating system so that you can create a security container around this corporate app. And if you should misbehave, if you should like talk to the wrong person out of the company or get a call from a headhunter, somebody in IT at that company can push a button and blow apart, you know, vaporize the container right. so you no or longer have the lock app. the container so that it's inaccessible right lock vaporize so i asked a series of questions i said hey so if the this app is on the phone and it's containerized does that mean you can d- disable the app yes mm-hmm. does that mean you can destroy the app just completely remove it remotely without the consent of the phone owner yes Say a salesperson is out and you know they have a lot of good leads in the app and you fire them and you want to get all those leads. Can you suck the data down from the app without that salesperson knowing before they can delete it? Yes. And well, can you gather phone information from the phone? Can you know where the salesperson is at any moment? Yes. Yeah, I, th- I mean, this is frightening. But how much is this just a salesperson saying yes to any question you ask? Well, that, I mean, it's two things. I, I believe if the app is reading GP, if you give the app permission to read GPS, you can certainly get the GPS record from the app. So right. sure. IT departments now have extraordinary access to the phone. In many cases, too, the, you know, they say that corporate contacts and personal contacts are separate. Um, they're trying basically to create two phones on one phone. Yeah, they're trying to manage... When, if they concede which people are, they've conceded the idea that you're going to have a work phone. Most people have. Some mm-hmm. people still carry around two phones, personal phone and a work phone. But most people have conceded the fact that you're just going to use one phone and they want to try to keep those separate. And that's very difficult to do. And so you have these solutions to try to, whatever, however they want to call it, put things in a container. Um, I totally understand the appeal of it implementation is going to be troublesome. Yeah, and I mean there are photos, there's one photo roll, if the app has access to the photo roll and it's containerized by the IT department, it's just very unclear that the container seems to be more a domain around which IT can have control and extract data. Yeah, I I understand wanting to keep data secure, wanting to keep so that you, and this is something that's built into the new iOS 7. So this file can only be opened up by this app, so you can't open yeah. up a work file on your personal Dropbox. And, yeah. your, and in fact, you can VPN only to specific apps, which people are very excited about. Right, right. You're, you're, you say your VPN can be used for this corporate app, but not for that app. So all this MDM stuff attempts to control that. The, this is also where... I, I went to an analyst presentation at the second conference I went to, which is the infamous Gartner IT Expo. Right. Um, I'll tell you what that is in a second, but this analyst 
uh, said that by 2016, the majority of U.S. enterprises will have BYOD policy. They will not issue a cell phone unless you want them, and they're going to have what's called what they are calling hybrid policy, meaning they'll give you a cell phone. It's not so great, but you get a cell phone from your company, and some people take that thing and use it as their personal phone. But some people will choose to have a personal phone and bring that in. And so the IT department's got to manage their own phones and your phones. And yeah. so this so is... Do we really need to confuse hybrid with more things now? Yes, everything's hybrid, because hybrid is good. Right, right. Hybrid's good. Also, is, it, is, is their BYOD policy responsive? Yeah, it's responsive hybrid BYOD. All right. You got to respond to companies' needs, and sometimes that means you're hybrid. So the word is, this is how BlackBerry's going to come back. Because... Yeah. The only difference between old BlackBerry and new BlackBerry is that in the old BlackBerry, BlackBerry made the hardware. In right. the new BlackBerry, BlackBerry makes the software. At both these shows, they were pushing uh, BBM, which is the BlackBerry messaging. Right. The very notoriously secure BlackBerry yeah. the messaging. The one thing that they probably did better than anything else. Yep. I mean, people who love their Blackberries love it for a reason, and it's probably because they had really good experience with BlackBerry messaging. Yeah. So now you can have it on iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry, which there are still an astonishing number of Blackberries out there in right. the world. It, uh, I'm not entirely sure, but the uh, iMessage on iPhone is very similar to what originally yes. yeah. BlackBerry message was. It was this get around text messaging. Yep. It was uh, in BlackBerry Messenger, all your messages went through Canada. It was totally secure. You might remember um, there was a lawsuit maybe five years ago, a patent lawsuit related to BlackBerry, and the threat was that BlackBerry would have to shut off its messaging server, and uh, no messages would flow because everything flew th flowed through this one centralized point. Right. So BlackBerry is, I guess, now focusing, at least if you, if you believe like their boosts at the trade shows, on all the cool BlackBerry apps that everybody loved now available for things other than the BlackBerry because they're so secure for the enterprise and they're ready to be containerized. It makes sense. This is what Microsoft did with their successful Office, bringing it to Mac. They're going to uh, bring it to the iPad as well. So, yeah. You know, if you're not going to win everyone over, but if you have something that works that people know and want to use, Make it available on different platforms. So the Gartner conference. All right. The Gartner con contrast the Gartner conference with Interop. Well, Interop How is, is different. Interop is just all these nerds running around. There are CIOs there. There are CEOs there. There's some CTOs, but it's more. Uh, and I apologize for like the title. That you know, like at trade shows, everyone wants to know what titles are there. Who's there? Right. So there's a lot of nerdy programmers, like very old school nerdy programmers that, you know, are um, very interested in being quote unquote close to the metal, like writing machine language code right. and you know writing networking protocols. The Cisco booth there had a huge display where you were able to go up and answer trivia questions about networking history, in order to get really good Cisco tchotchkes. Like that's the kind of thing. The Gartner Conference, which is held every year in Florida, it is the top, purportedly the top 10,000 CIOs, and then an additional 10 or 10,000 or so uh, very high-level executive type 
information technology people that stay uh, in the Dolphin and Swan hotels in Disneyland and the surrounding hotels where the conference is held and just go to the very focused 30-minute sessions on emerging technologies and how to run your corporation and stuff uh, and a very enormous trade show booth where Gartner smartly equalizes the companies to some degree. You can only get a booth so big and you can right. only get a booth so small. Right. So you're similar to Cisco, unlike at other trade shows like Interop where Cisco has like an entire city right. block just, and you have like a sliver. Yeah. So I'm guessing then Gartner was much less hardware. Oh yeah, there's no hardware at Gartner. It's except all software, it's all cloud platform. That you know what I found thing. very interesting is that we here in San Francisco believe that the entire world's on the cloud. You know, that everyone knows what the cloud is. Right. Well, I don't know about that. Everyone's on the cloud. They might not know what it is. Right. So CIOs, I had always thought, I have always thought of CIO as a technical position, a technological position. Right. But these guys really, they come up through the ranks. It may be because they're more cutthroat, they're more political. They went to a better business school. They, you know, they whatever it takes to get up to the upper levels of management, uh, where we currently do not reside. Um, you do that being a CIO without having any actually I knowledge, without any information or technological knowledge. So, or very little. You, I guess, you rely on the people under you. Right. So Gartner's sort of a safe zone where they all hang out and find out what the latest technology is and like make their policy decisions for the next year. It's more of technology management than actually it's, being on the... There's a lot of real technology there. Like I, I gave a talk that was business focused but still pretty technical on you know, how our platform, the MoveWeb platform and responsive delivery are able to produce, you know, provide you with mobile development and deployment strategy. Right. It was still fairly technical, it was very well attended, uh, standing room, like people were really interested. Um, but they got the technical side of things. They Deepness. understood the technical stuff because they brought like their director of engineering with them. Yeah. Or in some cases you'd see like a senior engineer badge, but they were attached to the CIO. They are basically the CIO's favorite tech guy who was telling him what's true and what's not. Yeah. And from the mobile standpoint there, mobile was very big. But as I was saying about the cloud, like a lot of these CIOs didn't know what the cloud is. Overheard by one of our staff members was, why is Google here? They're a search company. Like really, in some cases, not a lot of knowledge about how technology works. So the way that mobile is pitched is sort of like from a threat avoidance standpoint. Right. Like you're going to lose your job because of mobile if you don't do these things. And you can't not do it because the world's becoming mobile. Yeah, that's interesting because I always think about these symposiums and as really just like coming to a consensus. All the CIOs are going to come to a consensus on what they do. And whether it's right or wrong, you can't blame them because that's what everyone else is doing as well. There's, it's, I don't know if it's consensus so much as flocking behavior. Like, You get companies that go there, they buy a big booth, they say that this is mobile, this is what we do, it's great, and then they convince enough people to convince other people it has like a flocking effect. Mm -hmm. But if there's, again, MDM was huge there because... Now that mobile can't be ignored, these people want to be able to quote unquote manage it. Right. And they don't even want to think about what they're doing with it until it can be managed. 
Yeah, I could see that. You, you know, you don't want to get, if you don't want to overextend yourself. And now that it's obvious that you have to do something more on mobile, then what you you have to continue doing more on mobile. I don't think any of these people haven't done, haven't considered mobile. No, no one's finding out that mobile is big at this conference, but, but they need to know how to actually extend yeah. their business to mobile. And that's part of the fear because they did some project in mobile. So maybe some agency did it. Maybe some guys in like the Cleveland office did it. Mm-hmm. And so they have no control over it. They sort of don't know how it works and they have different mobile things all over. So this year, if anything about mobile this year at these conferences, it was the year of like unifying all this stuff and trying to find a way to, not that I'm pitching our platform, but we do this also. Everybody's sort of like trying to come to a solution. How do you get all these different mobile efforts to work together and at least be controllable? Right. Well, and and yeah. they really do. I've never also at the senior level of these um, senior level IT executives, I've never seen so many Blackberries. And in fact, when you're when you have a booth at the show, you are issued a Blackberry with basically a supermarket scanner with a really? red beam light to scan these people as they go by. At which conference? At Gartner. At both conferences. It's a Blackberry controlled supermarket scanner to scan the giant barcode on their badge. I wish I could remember what, what the research that Gartner just released telling people not to use BlackBerry was, <laughs> but I'm sure I saw the report like two weeks ago. Okay, Gartner itself, they all have these ancient ThinkPads, and love Gartner, love you guys, but ancient ThinkPads and Blackberries, the whole company. I mean, at least everyone we saw there. And not, not like, they're not running around with the like keyboardless curve. They have, like, full-on chiclet keyboard BlackBerry. Well, I'll make fun of BlackBerry, but I like my old ThinkPad. <laughs> um, so anyway, there, like, I'd say a good percentage of the conferences covered mobile, and the quote-unquote hotted, like, the hottest analysts that you wanted to be able to have dinner with or whatever mm-hmm. were all in mobile. Yeah. So it was kind of what expected everything's mobile everything's cloud everything's hybrid the weird thing is that these big enterprises are actually still a little scared of the cloud you know when i would say we have a cloud service we're a cloud company and then later in the conversation you know little a few seconds later they say where are you based and we'd say san francisco they're like oh of course mm-hmm. like oh yeah you guys are doing all that's this cloud san francisco, stuff that's a cloud there everything's in the cloud you know but but a lot of them are they, they either believe that they have a bunch of racks in the basement or they consider their, like, their data center not a cloud because they control it, even though it functions very much like a private cloud. Right. So what is the, is the cloud to them Dropbox? Yeah, the cloud to them is something that is like in stationary orbit off the coast of California, and it's where like all these, all these kids' files are in there. There's a bunch of Facebook photos in it. There's like some tweets, and they their corporate the fact that their corporate data might be in there with the tweets off the coast of California is not appealing to them in it, in many cases. It, yeah, it, the cloud has been tainted by consumer yes. adoption of it. But if they do want the cloud, it's for consumer facing mobile. Really? Because they feel like that's just a free-for-all, so I might as well use the cloud. Like, it's consumer-facing, it's mobile, it just right. sounds... it's leaving the building anyways, whereas yes. their own files, why, do it, why does it need to leave the building and be in the cloud somewhere else? We could just keep it in-house. Exactly. Even though there's no real difference, the stuff that they're viewing on mobile 
may come from the cloud, may come from their data center, but there's something about things being mobile that are more amenable to the cloud, and especially public-facing stuff. Okay. And that's not true across the board. There's a lot of companies that were like, fine, it's in the cloud. I just want to get it done. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. There's always going to be a wide range, but it's interesting yeah. just to see what the trends are. Um, but everybody was there. Amazon was giving away $50 gift certificates for AWS. Uh, tons of MDM people. Lots of mobile stuff. You Mobile companies you've never heard of next to all the other companies you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Like trying to make their break at Gartner. Okay. So that's what everyone was saying. I'm more interested in what everyone was asking. What were the attend- people that attending it asking? Uh, well, they, they were talking to me a lot. Like my talk was about how to take your existing desktop assets, the existing desktop stack, and make it mobile. And a lot of the questions were around security. They believe that as soon as it connects to a phone, it's not secure. You know, even though a phone is no different it's, from connecting a laptop, but... I know, I always have this, this discussion with people that a laptop is just a device and a phone is just a device and yes. they both connect to the internet and go on the web. And I do, Gardner calls them endpoints. Endpoints. And that they're all endpoints on the web. We also call them endpoints. But they say in their speeches, you'll hear the Gardner reps, they're on, it's sort of like a political party. They've been given a set of talking points. Right. You've got to use the right terminology. Yes, so this year it's mobile, big data, Oh, big data. Social, and there was a fourth one I can't remember. As someone who loves data, I just um, can't wait till big data is done. It's big data. It, well, it could get bigger, I guess. No, no, no. Anyway, they were asking a lot about um, apps were extremely huge, and then, but people did not necessarily like a lot of uh, people. A lot of people did understand, but those who were asking questions were asking a lot of questions around apps. Questions like, what exactly is the cloud? Mm-hmm. These are very senior executives in information technology. What is the cl- What exactly is the cloud? How does it function? I, when you have a space where it's okay for senior executives to ask that, it's interesting that they do. Yeah, I mean, it's certain. They should ask it somewhere. Yeah, it's it. I mean, they it's are not reading not the blogs it. all day. Yeah. Uh, so then were most of these questions about... It sounds like a lot of them were internal questions. Was it more about things that their employees were using, or was was it consumers? They're really concerned what other companies are doing in mobile. That's another very high class of the question. Like, it's not necessarily that they're motivated to provide stuff to their own employees or their own customers. They want to know what other people are doing in mobile because they will have to keep up with what other people are doing. So that that is, and then there are people who recognize and the motivation is not like a proactive idea in most cases to like to provide great new mobile services. That's a very West Coast kind of thinking. It's more we have this giant enterprise. We've been in business for three hundred years, and now people have mobile devices. So to keep in business, we have to provide mobile to them. So what is the minimum that other people are doing so I can do that too? Interesting. And you say that, and now I'm going to ask a very West Coast, San Francisco thing. What what metrics were they using when they were talking about this? It's, How were they measuring this, or was it just measuring themselves up against what other people are doing? I mean, it was to me it seemed like they were measuring themselves up against other companies, but 
there were also organizations like uh, like companies who were perhaps on the downswing. They saw they saw getting to mobile first as some sort of like savior, mm-hmm. but nobody who was dominant was like eager to rush. Nobody I saw who was dominant was eager to rush into new mobile. Like they would do it defensively. I'm not talking about media companies and stuff like traditional manufacturing company, oil company. Uh, these people like there's some in there was a very high number of a high proportion of energy companies there you know who are mm-hmm. interested in mobile um, a lot of Canadian companies I think Canada maybe Canada's economy would be flush with cash for mobile from energy or something yeah okay so then these conferences a lot of people go to them this is the time when people are planning for 2014 You've been at these conferences, you've heard the talks, you've heard the questions, you've been on the floor. What are people going to do in 2014? Um, I think it's sort of the end of the line for the Panasonic Tough Book and that generation of laptops that's still moving around. Those are all going to be replaced by tablets because the tablets are essentially disposable, they're more secure, they're more ready to be mobile. So. A lot, a lot of the companies are moving off ruggedized traditional devices and then going to mobile. And it might seem like a small thing, but once you do that, they have a footprint in a very traditional business, and then it spreads. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, the other trend is this MDM thing, where corporations are going to no longer be satisfied that you're not doing bad things or that you set up your Microsoft Outlook correctly yourself on your iPhone. The IT department is going to come and ask you to take control over a part of your iPhone. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the way that they're going to have to go with apps. If you have those on the web, it's a little bit easier. But So what was going on in the rest of the world? What was going on in the rest of the world? Believe it or not, the rest of the world continued to go on while uh, it's really amazing. all the smartest people in the world were hanging out in Disney. Um, yeah, we just San Francisco was San Francisco. Startups got bought. You know, any notable people, mobile occurrences that we did not hear about? You know, I would say the big thing that came out that we heard about that came out of Gartner was Steve Ballmer got a standing ovation. Oh yeah, that's true. That that was the that's what we were talking about. Um, Microsoft Office coming to the iPad, which I think is awesome. And it is pretty cool. I mean, and they have a very high bar to reach because the new iWork is really usable on the iPad. I think mm-hmm. you don't think so. Uh, I don't. I think the adoption rate on laptops and desktops, whether you use Mac or PC, there's a high adoption rate of Microsoft Office, and there's a lot of people who, even if they're not going to use it to do heavy Excel work on their iPad if they want to be able to open up an Excel document. And yeah, you can open it up in Google Docs or whatever, but you can open it in the exact, things are going to work out right, it's going to show up like you want it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. people who love Microsoft Office, this, there's people that didn't go to Mac when they couldn't have Office. It does seem like kind of giving up on the surface though. Like if, if their traditional thing is, if you need Office, you better come to us to get it, to get some hardware or one of our partners. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to come to ROS to use our Office. I know there's Office for Mac, but I mean, the Mac computer is not 
the dominant hardware, the iPad is. It's really weird for them to go to a different dominant OS. Yeah. And then the other thing, which I think was one thing that San Francisco and Orlando were actually in accord with, was when uh, they said that uh, uh, Schmidt said that the Android device was more secure than the iPhone, and it got laughs oh yeah both at in orlando and in san francisco yeah it's ridiculous and this is when he said that you know samsung has rented out this huge they probably the biggest just the biggest uh, exhibitor there and it was all about knox right. which basically the largest manufacturer of android devices is saying android is not secure we have to add our own security layer yeah well i we both like android devices it's just you can't Two months or three months after the FBI releases a report <laughs> saying that that you know the majority of mobile operating system malware seventy nine percent is on Android. Yes, that's it's more than majority. Yeah, it's difficult to and iOS was like five percent or no, I'm sorry, point five percent. Yeah, it was extremely low, whatever it was. Um, and it's clear that Android is not terribly secure because everybody's got their own security thing for it. There there are companies coming out of the woodwork at Gardner and Interop. To secure Android, there was one that I think their name is something like Secure Android. It's one word, like the you know startups that are just doing they. It's known that it's quite insecure, so it's a business opening. Yeah. Wow, I think this was our most hardware-based uh, podcast landscape mode yet. Yeah. What do you do after interrupt? A little okay. bit of hardware. People, hardware is still important. We always talk software. We always talk web. It's good to uh, acknowledge the conversations that are happening in hardware. Yes, and uh, thank you so much for to our new listeners. Our new listeners, we we don't have a list of countries, so I'll just make up some. Um, uh, <laughs> the the huge audience in Sweden that's tuning in, um, Czech Republic, you know. Czech Republic has always always really liked the podcast, so I'm sure have. there's more of them. We haven't checked the stats because we've just been so busy. Hopefully all South Korea is still tuning in as they were previously. I hope that's true. We haven't said anything too bad about Samsung and LG, so they're right. probably still... If We'll say more bad things about North Korea if it means you tune in. Yes. Uh, all right, so we're at 30. Oh, well, then it's time to wrap up the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week here uh, on Landscape Mode. I'm Ike DiLorenzo. And I'm Justin McGinn.